Stand back. There's a hurricane coming through. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. But be the man. You gotta beat the man. Ooh, yeah. You got something to Welcome back to another edition of Guys Nation Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, John, joined as always by my good friend and co-host, Big Daddy Rob. Beat me if you can. Survive if I let you. By which I mean I did a great job predicting wrestling last week. Yeah, I couldn't beat you. You went seven and four. I went four and seven. Unofficially, uh, I went twelve and four. Yeah, but nobody nobody read your NXT picks except for maybe your mother if you gave her the link. Nope, my mother wouldn't touch wrestling with a ten foot pole. As I predicted, though. Uh, we were horrible in the main event. We didn't go 0 and 8, but we were damn close, 1 and 7. Yeah, the main event was a little difficult to uh, predict. Yeah. Um, although I would say that if you could lump Raw into it, that we would both get an extra uh, points there. That's true. There were two cracks, but the biggest crack. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and we're not talking about asses. Is a crack in the shield. Uh, wow, one of the biggest turns we've seen in a long time. Uh, certainly since I got back into wrestling, and out of nowhere, the guy that we didn't think was going to be the one to turn, Seth Rollins, is the guy to make the move. And not only does he turn and beat the ass out of everyone, he is joining Evolution apparently. You know, I I thought it would either be Ambrose. Or, you know, they they would go with uh, Roman Reigns, and that uh, Seth Rollins was going to be the one to kind of try and pull everybody back together, and whoever it was that eventually would have turned heel, you know, would would kind of put Seth Rollins on his back, you know, and, and use him as an example, um, kind of, you know, his former brother that that uh, he not only turned his back on, but he, he won't let uh, the advice cool him down. Yeah. And uh, it, it caught me off, you know, caught me off guard. But Did you see it coming as it was happening? Um, when Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns stepped forward, I kind of, I kind of thought something started to do off. Did yeah. you notice the, I mean, a lot of the crowd was, Starting to say no, but there was one guy in particular that was really loud. He's like, "No!" Well, I didn't. I didn't hear that. Yeah, go back and watch it. It's pretty hilarious. All right. um, but yeah, so really, really shocking. I mean, the Shield had finally. This is almost like a Game of Thrones type defeat, where like the Shield was really breaking through and like, you know, becoming popular and and the the most talked about, the main eventers, and then boom, it's over. No more Johnny. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure where else they could go from here. So it's kind of they got to the top of the mountain, and you could either do a slow burn to break them apart, or you could, you know, 
rip the Band-Aid off, and I guess that's the approach they went for. Do you have any problem with them doing it on Raw versus a pay-per-view? Um, a problem with it, a little bit. Surprised, not at all. Uh, they have a history of saving shocking things like this for Raw. Yeah. I think they want to give you reason to tune in. I if guess everything so. good happened on the pay-per-views, I mean, why would you even watch the shows? They just recap all the all the shows anyway. Yeah, I, I guess so, but what happened on Raw kind of makes you want to tune into SmackDown this week. Yeah. So if, if this happened um, at Payback, wouldn't, you, wouldn't that be even more of a reason to want to tune in on Raw to see why? And, sure, I mean, they want you to tune into everything, but... Yeah. Um... Well, up until recently, so, they haven't really cared about SmackDown. No, and we'll talk a little bit about that. It seems like they might be caring a little more, um, especially after, the, I guess, the TV deal came in a little less than they expected, so they might have a fire lit under them to, to perform better. But, um, but as far as this Rollins turn, um, you know, I really enjoyed the way they did it because, you know, he nails Reigns first, and then you get to see you get to see Dean Ambrose have the reaction. And, I mean, there's hardly anybody better than him right now as far as playing a character and displaying emotion. And you could just see that he was just like, he had no idea what to do. He was like, what just happened? <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was uh, really strong acting on Dean Ambrose's part. Yeah. Definitely definitely appreciate the, uh, the production of it. You know, I mean, they knew it was going to happen. You know, they, and there's, they set it up nicely. And there's some backstory that, you know, I've, I've noticed people bringing up that I think our listeners, if they haven't been reading some of the forums, would find interesting that, you know, uh, Seth Rollins was the very first NXT champion. NXT, as we know, is Triple H's baby in, in his corporate role. Uh, he's the driving force behind that. Uh, you know, having t- titles, becoming a promotion of its own before it was just a stupid game show. Um, so he probably, in some ways, handpicked Rollins to be that first NXT champion, and uh, now he's in Evolution. I mean, this this kind of fits, you know. If we had thought hard about it and really tried to pick one of them, and had noticed that, I mean, that that makes sense. It's Evolution, yeah. you know. He's the next guy in line. Yeah, and a few months ago, I was I was watching and I was saying, okay, Roman Reigns is like. The powerhouse, you know, he's the guy that can rip through opponents, and Seth Rollins is kind of the guy that can fly around a little bit, uh, and Dean Ambrose is kind of like the devious one. But then I noticed that they started saying that Seth Rollins was the architect of the Shield. Yeah, and you know, when they started to have a little bit of friction there, I think Dean Ambrose. Uh, ditched out of a match or never came back or something like that. And they started having some friction, and they really started trying to get Seth Rollins into into a vo- more vocal role. Mm-hmm. And that's when it really started to, to hit me that they were calling him the architect of the shield, you know, kind of the brains behind the outfit. And I guess that's really one of the first clues we should have picked up on that uh, they could do something like this because Triple H is a cerebral assassin. Sure, yeah, it flows nicely. And, yeah, as you were saying, I mean, and I I took a look into 
to what happened, you know, because so many things go on, so many storylines, we forget everything that happened, but certainly at Elimination Chamber, <clears throat> real quick, the it was the Wyatt family against the Shield, and Dean Ambrose and Bray Wyatt went off into the crowd, and Wyatt came back, but Ambrose didn't. And then the next night on Raw, they get the rematch that you love. And, um, you know, they were having problems with teamwork, and Rollins just uh, walked up the ramp and let them lose the match. And uh, the next week, I believe they had some sort of summit there, and uh, Ambrose and Rollins exchanged blows, and they and then Reigns played the peacemaker, I guess. So there was a crack there, and I think that's why we started talking a lot about the Shield breakup, but then they kind of smoothed it over, and uh, we just hadn't heard much in the last month. I guess they kind of slow-played us a little bit. A little bit, and I think a lot of people started to expect that something was going to happen, and I think that's why they kind of slowed their roll and showed us how cohesive the Shield was. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they really played up the angle that, you know, Triple H and Evolution were trying to break them up trying to end the sh- end the shield and and then they uh you know they they double crossed us they they set us up to say okay I know you were thinking that they were going to break up but they're stronger than ever oh now they're not so historically you know where do we where do we put this in terms of heel turns or even maybe even face turns you know those can be shocking as well but you know I think there's something there's something special about a heel turn versus a face turn because what you're doing is you're breaking the hearts of the WWE universe. Yeah. Right. So right. it's a very ballsy move on their part to take somebody that's built up and uh, and just stomp in the fans' faces on or stomp on their hearts and, and rub it in their faces. Um, I mean, the only one that really pops into mind for me, and I think it did for a lot of people, is Shawn Michaels sending Marty Jannetty through the glass. On the barbershop. Yeah, I, I think that's a good one. And to me, it's a little hard to compare because you can't... It, it, well, it, first of all, with the Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty thing, it's a little difficult to look at that, kind of take it out of history and, and say, well, you know, it was big because it sent Shawn Michaels, you know, propelling into this uh, singles reign, you know, the the uh, great singles career he had, and Marty Jannetty kind of floundered. Um, so to me, I would have to say it's bigger than that, because at the time, Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels were, you know, I, I don't even know if they'd had a title reign at that point. Right? No, not, not an official one. Right. And I do recall reading, though, that initially Jannetty was considered the superior talent, and it wasn't until late in their run that they started noticing Michaels was was possibly the, the one with the more potential. Yeah, and I think when you talk about talent versus potential, Marty Jannetty might be every bit as good of a wrestler as Shawn Michaels was back in you know the early 90s. Sure. You know, late 80s, early 90s. But when you talk about potential, you have to also look at their ability to you know get on the mic and and you know act and speak and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. To play a character. Yeah. And I, I don't think a lot of that was really factored in back then. Yeah. Uh, but I think Vince did. But So but basically I, what you're saying is as a historical turning point, you know, Gennetti being pretty much a non-entity kind of makes that a little less of a big deal than, than possibly what we just saw. Absolutely. And, and just 
the mere fact that they were kind of really low on the card at that point. You know, I mean, right. they, they, they weren't a tag team that had any championships. Neither one of them had gone for a singles title, whereas you're talking about uh, three guys who, um, you know, they held tag titles, they held a singles title, and they've beaten, you know, slews of guys who are future Hall of Famers. Yeah, and I think I think there's one similarity, though, that may not be totally apparent, is that, you know, they're both kind of considered the cool guys at the time. You know, like the Rockers over the, the year or so before they broke up had really gained a lot of momentum, and, like, all the kids just thought they were so cool, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's really what's happened with the Shield is that, you know, it's not that they're telling you to eat your vitamins and that's why they're popular. It's like they're just, they're badasses. They're cool. You want to root for them. Right. And you don't expect, I guess you don't expect guys with that kind of attitude to suddenly change, you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's a good point you make. And, yeah, we, before the show, tried to tried to come up with some other ideas and, and there probably really isn't one, you know, I guess other than maybe Hulk Hogan, you know, joining the NWO kind of on this main event level that we've ever seen. Right, but... And that was one that I was kind of thinking about. But really, I mean, at that point, he had already had how many world championship reigns. So it's almost, he's almost too big to compare. Right. Um, I mean, I know you were talking about Savage back in the day, kind of turning on Hogan. Mm -hmm. But to me, you know, that was kind of a tenuous relationship, and you could kind of see the cracks, and you knew they could never coexist anyway. And we would certainly be remiss if we didn't mention uh, the big deal Titus O'Neil <laughs> turning on Darren Young. Yeah, I thought that was a pretty big one. Uh, you, can see, <laughs> you can see where it's propelled both of their careers. Oh, yeah, just shooting right up the rankings. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Need a fire extinguisher to cool those guys off. Right. Absolutely. I, You know, I... I don't remember so it's it. Up there. Yeah, and I, I don't remember it as well, but it seems to me like perhaps Christian turning on Edge back in the day that that might compare just because they were a cohesive unit for so long. Yeah. And they were the cool guys, and then Christian kind of got a huge bump from you know going singles and Edge obviously. Uh, Took his career to a new level. Right. So. Yeah, they both they both built up big time resumes after that. But you know, and I also mentioned earlier the Hardy Boys. I'm I'm quite sure Matt did a heel turn. Um, but the fact that we can't really remember the details must mean it wasn't that big of a deal. Right. Um, although they do fit the cool guy persona. Um, so all right, so this is one of the bigger turns, and and to me, I I hope that this has the same kind of impact that. Shawn Michaels did for a new generation of kids, you know, where it's one of those things that you always remember. Yeah, and, I'll uh, be really, I'll, I'll be really interested to see what they do with Seth Rollins' look. I mean, no more two tone hair, right? Well, I'm a little, act, I'm actually a little worried that he's going to lose the beard. Mm. I'm a big proponent of people wearing beards. I don't know. I mean, Batista grew one out over the last he month. Did. Yeah, and, and I guess. Randy Orton's facial hair, you know, I haven't, I haven't had him caught 
cut that to get too clean yeah. shaven. You just cut the, the dirt. So the flip side of this is that there's now a hole in the shield. You've only got Reigns and Ambrose. Um, do we feel like they need a third, or is this just the beginning of those two eventually splitting as well? They mentioned on Raw that the shield is a brotherhood. So from that perspective, it would be a really tough hole to fill. Yeah. Um, and obviously they have the Wyatt family as a trio. Um, have they, have, sorry to interrupt, but have they ever even worked with a fourth person? Like in just a one-off match? Who's that? The Shield. I mean, have they? Is it always just been the, some combination of the three of them, or have they ever had a match and had somebody else on their side? I can't recall a match where they have, um, you know, like a yeah, four-way. Uh, or, either. Yeah. All right. Good. Um. So really, if you, if you're thinking about kind of placing another member in there so that they can have their trio again. Um, it would really have to be the right kind of person, and I spent I spent a little bit of time today looking into some options, looking into their history with people. No, I almost, research. Yeah, I almost feel like you have to dive into NXT, their history with Florida Championship Wrestling, because um, to me it doesn't seem like you can just pull in a, a guy who's been on the main roster for a couple of years and plop him in and make it seem like it, it works. Mm -hmm. So who's I mean, going on with anybody in particular that stands out as a good option? Not really. Uh, perhaps somebody like Big E. I mean, you could maybe sell it to me that, you know, Big E and The Shield, um, you know, were tight from their history back then or whatever. But yeah, um, unless you're going to pull... Adrian Neville up from NXT. I just, I'm not sure that I see anybody. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, it's certainly nobody realistic. I think a lot of fans would, would point to some of their favorites, like a Ziggler or even a Cesaro. I mean, even though he's locked up with Heyman, but I just don't think those guys are realistic. Right. Uh, that'd be a really tough sell, as much as it would probably be interesting to watch. Bad News Barrett, similar. Um,. You know, one that I'd seen come up that I thought was viable is Mr. Brad, Brad Maddox, the Mad Ox. Um, you know, because he's got a little history with the Shield. He was the ref in the initial. Uh, he was the one that screwed Ryback after the Shield came out, and or screwed Punk. I don't know. He was involved in that whole initial Shield angle. Um, right. And you know, he just got screwed by the authority. You know, they just had Kane come out there and they fired him and then Kane beat the crap out of him. So he's got a, he's got an ax to grind. You could see him maybe approaching them. Uh, maybe they shoot him down or something, but, um, he makes a little sense and that could rehab his career. Cause he, he is fairly decent in the ring from what I've seen. And we know he can talk on the mic. So, you know, that right. might be good for him. Yeah. To me, it seems like if they were going to go with Brad Maddox, You'd almost have to go in a, or an organic route where he shows up one week and, uh, you know, Kane or the McMahons kind of pick on him a little bit, whatever, and then the Shield show up and put an end to that, or I guess just Ambrose and Reigns. And then, 
they get booked into a match where it's um, three on three with you know the Shield and Brad Maddox, and then they just kind of help each other out, and then yeah, boom, you have an association there. What about a guy that has nothing to do right now by the name of John Cena? Oh Lord, isn't he already <laughs> kind of de, de facto uh, trio with the Usos? Yeah, I guess, or or he's just the mouthpiece for Daniel Bryan now, apparently. Yeah. He's got to come to his rescue all the time to, to get on the mic. Well, you, you, you've seen the meme, right, where John Cena walks into uh, Vince's office and Vince says, ah, Daniel Bryan's hurt. You know, this means it's your time, champ. Yeah. I mean, that's, time that's, is up, your time is now. That's exactly what I was going to say. That's his whole gimmick. It says it in the song. What about Mr. CM Punk? That occurred to me, but... I just doesn't really make any sense. I'm having trouble seeing uh, CM Punk get into a fight with anybody other than uh, the LA Kings mascot at this point. True. For, for anybody who's following Twitter, he would probably take him out. Yeah. Uh, Mark Henry. You know, I like that, but to me, Mark Henry seems a little too established. Curtis Axel. Oh, NXT I, brethren. Yeah, Curtis Axel's uh, his personality just seems like it wouldn't mesh well with Dean Ambrose. Ooh, I got it, I got it. Hornswoggle. Hmm. You know, he, 3MB let him down, letting him get his head shaved. Yeah. Oh, and they wouldn't they wouldn't get his afro wig back. You see right. that Torito Torito stole that thing. Right. Insanity. So I guess we're coming up with uh, we're coming up empty here. We can't really think of a good third member. Is that is that where Brad, we're at? Brad Maddox might be the best option unless you want to talk about Brodus Clay. Oh, good God! No, I don't. <laughs> uh, maybe if Fandango wasn't already, you know, getting it done with uh, Layla, if he was just kind of floating out there with nothing to do. So if he had a gimmick change. You know, he's the type of guy that's got the right look, but. So here's here's what we need to do. We need to find a movie that's coming out that has uh, kind of badasses in it, and then we need to have Damian Sandow dress up like that badass mm -hmm. and steal that gimmick for a week, and then have him just forget to let it go and put him with the shield. Yeah, that would be a fantastic way to rehab him. Yeah. So... What's next for them? You know, okay, so if right now we're having trouble coming up with a third member, which means we think that's probably less likely. Um, do we eventually see a split between Ambrose and Reigns? Do we see them try to make things happen for a month together? Or, you know, I think I heard someone say that Reigns was tweeting that he can't trust anyone, so maybe does that include Ambrose? I mean, do we see these guys trying to stick it out or just saying, hell, the shield's broken up, fuck this? Well, who who would you predict is going to be the one to get the feud with Seth Rollins? I mean, how do you how do you make that decision? How do you choose Roman Reigns or Dean Ambrose to get the feud with Seth Rollins, right? I guess it would have to be Ambrose just because we have seen them throw blows and he he went to town on Ambrose a lot more than he went to town on Reigns as far as the chair shots. Right, and he looked him in the eye when he did it. 
Yeah. He, he attacked Roman Reigns from behind. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, and then he spent all of his effort on Ambrose and then let Orton take care of Roman Reigns. Right. So to me, if you're going to choose one of them, you probably choose Dean Ambrose to face Seth Rollins. Yeah. But I, I think that's be, ideal. Yeah, and I wouldn't be at all surprised if they went the route of uh, Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns deciding that they can't trust anybody and uh, them kind of both getting involved in the feud. Hmm. I mean, I suppose and have a three-way or something? Yeah, except Randy Orton needs something to do, so it'll probably be Orton against Reigns and probably Rollins and Ambrose. Yeah, I'm thinking they're doing this, and then they can get Triple H out of the ring. Yeah. But, All right. But, yeah, no, I agree with your assessment. That's that's probably the route they'll take. So, you know, we don't do spoilers on this show. We don't know what happened on SmackDown. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what Rollins looks like. Yeah, and, and uh, who, who would you say out of, the, out of the three of them, out of uh, the, the former members of the Shield, who would you say is the next one to get a, uh, a championship belt? Um, honestly, I could probably see Rollins being the first in this case. Yeah, I could. You know, he might get some special treatment and get a get a shot at something. Yeah, I still think Roman Reigns probably has the better opportunity to be, you know, like a five time world champion. Yeah. Um, but certainly, you know, out of them, he's got a ton of potential. He needs mic work. You know, they give him opportunities to talk, but he's just not very smooth at it. So. Even though he's got the look and everything that people think makes him a slam dunk, I'm still a little skeptical about the mic work. He's got to, he's got to improve there. Right. Whereas Ambrose is a guy I'm just falling even more in love with. <laughs> um, and and but I do worry a little bit about him ever getting a true push. We'll see. I, I think he'll get there. I wouldn't be surprised if over the next five years. He has two or three tag team partners that he gets championships with. Yeah. Because he's the guy that can help other guys get over. Yeah, and that's and that's one reason that I've heard would be good to keep him and, and Reigns together is that he can be the mouthpiece for a while. Yep. All right. So I think we covered all angles of the shield. Uh, anything else coming out of the pay-per-view that's worth discussing? I think, you know, I think a lot of us can agree that the match between Cena and Wyatt was was very well done, but the ending just incredibly disappointing. No. Yeah. Yeah. Not not totally unexpected. Uh, yeah. yeah, and you could even, in the way they set it up, like the camera could see Wyatt inside that case, and he's like not even moving. I mean, at least if he had been struggling to get out, you could play that off as he he came out strong still. Right. So. Yeah, I don't think I don't think anything else from the pay-per-view really kind of strikes me, other than you know what happened with uh, the other half of the main event with uh, Evolution losing a member. Yeah, yeah, clean sweep. Well, what about um, you know we we felt pretty confident Cesaro was going to get his championship reign, but uh, not to be. Yeah, and another loss really- for the newest Paul Heyman guy. Right, and we kind of speculated that maybe Paul Heyman wasn't going to be thrilled about the fact that you know his new recruit hadn't won him anything. Mm-hmm. But they actually covered that. I can't remember whether it was on Raw during that tag match or whether it was on the actual pay-per-view, but they definitely asked Paul Heyman, like, 
hey, how do you feel about your guy not being all that successful? And he's like, well, what are you talking Oh, I think it was on Raw because he said uh, he essentially had Sheamus beat and then Sheamus you know, resulted, er, uh, resorted to a small package. Yeah, that's right. So... Yeah, he was he was giving Seamus crap about that. Yeah, but he he definitely said he's still proud of Cesaro and he's still happy to have him be a uh, a Paul Heyman guy. So yeah. So, all right, moving on from the pay per view, I think overall, I mean, I might give that a seven. It was it was well wrestled, but you know, not having a title match and some disappointing endings there, especially with Cena Wyatt. You know, it's it's hard to give it much more than a seven. Um, so let's talk a little about Stephanie and her dress from 1994 <laughs> on Monday Night Raw. You didn't like the print? Oh my god, I was like, what in the hell? Now, I keep hearing people give her praise for her mic work. Was I the only one that just felt like she was rushing through it and there was no emotion whatsoever? She does that sometimes. Yeah, she like, and then Cena comes out and it's like night and day, you know, he takes pauses in the right spot, he inflects his voice, and you just you can tell that whatever he's saying is what he's feeling, you know, it's not coming off a piece of paper, even though it probably is. You are feeling the exact same thing that our listeners get when they listen to me, and then they listen to you. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's that far. Yeah, nah. I can be quite monotone. Okay. Um, I don't always take pauses in the right spot. I'm not quite Will, Will Shatner. But. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. I wasn't too pleased with her performance, but she goes ahead and, and says that, you know, there's going to be a stretcher match with Kane just kind of out of nowhere. She slips that in. Yeah, it was a really awkward way to make the announcement. It was a pretty big announcement, too, because she not only announced what the main event would be for the championship and who the opponent would be yet again. Mm-hmm. But she also made the big announcement of what happens when Daniel Bryan can't compete. Yeah. And I thought that was huge. Yeah, it'll be the Money in the Bank ladder match will be for a vacant title. And that's crazy when you think about it because typically Money in the Bank matches have you know, anywhere between six and ten people. So yeah. if you think about it, they have to come up with you know, a list of probably eight guys who could potentially leave that match as world champion. Yeah, and th- and this would be, I mean, I know Royal Rumble 92 comes to mind as a time when the title was vacated and, and a lot of guys had a shot at it. Right. Has there ever been another time where, where there was multiple guys vying for the title at once? I mean, I, well, they did the oh. Survivor Series tournament, I guess. Um, was that when The Rock won? He double-crossed Mankind in the final. Wow. See, this is, this is where uh, your rewatch of the uh, Attitude yeah, it was like, helps you. It was like 98. They were both faces, and, and he he paired up with the corporation. Yeah, I'm um, having trouble remembering something from 16 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but that was still a singles match to decide it. So, right. You know, a match with multiple competitors. I mean, has that happened? You know, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners... Uh, present and future, are probably thinking, hey, you know, what about the Elimination Chamber? But I wouldn't even really consider that to be a viable comparison because the Elimination Chamber, you have, what, five pinfalls and submissions? 
to get yeah. down to one winner. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, this is a totally different animal. Um, and plus, there's already a champion. Right. I'm talking about a vacated title. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm sure there's probably a, an elimination chamber somewhere throughout that that had a vacant title, but but I still maintain that it would be different. Um, but I mean, don't you almost want to see that instead of seeing Brian versus Kane in a stretcher match? I don't, I don't want any part of seeing Daniel Bryan versus Kane. Mm-hmm. It feels like we've seen it a ton. One of these days, we're going to do a podcast where we talk about the uh, the angles that WWE just won't let go of. Right. Just this is just one of them. Um, but yeah, no, I would like to see that. I'd like it to be for an interim championship. Well, you know, it's it's a it's a cold hard fact that they just haven't built up enough main event competitors. You know, maybe with the breakup of the Shield, we'll get a few more bodies in there, so we don't have to keep seeing Orton, you know, and Kane and guys like that. Just because there's really nobody for Brian to face. You know, maybe they build up Rollins as a as a heel for him to face at some pay per view. Now, you really uh, you're crossing a line here, John. They they brought back a guy who's a multiple time world champion. They had him win the Royal Rumble. <laughs> he had a great run. He main evented WrestleMania. He was the wrong guy. He was the wrong guy. And how did you like his departure with the little wave? Yeah, no, that was good. Um, Blue Tista. Yeah. It, it's it, now by Tista. Yeah. Actually, uh, it's... Uh, Girl by. Batista Tata for now. That, that might you think be he's it. ever going to come back after this experience? Um, yeah, probably. I think he's just gone for a few months to help uh, promote whatever that... Guardians of the Galaxy is. I still think he can be useful too. You know, if they just do it the right way and just don't shove him down our throats right off the bat. He's good as a heel. Just let him work. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, they uh they definitely shoved him down our throat. They you know everybody. I think I think just about everybody choked on him. You know, yeah. I mean, I don't between the skinny jeans and the fact that you know he just catapulted right to the uh, right to the top. He was the wrong guy to win the Royal Rumble when everybody else wanted somebody else. It was a perfect storm also with Brian being held out. It was just all around a bad look. Yeah, but if if Roman Reigns had won the Royal Rumble, yeah. I, think, I think we'd be in a, a much better situation at this point. True. Can you imagine if CM Punk had won that Royal Rumble? And then walked out? I don't know that he would have walked out. Yeah, probably not, because all he's ever wanted is the main event WrestleMania, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah. Dwayne ruined that for him. How great could that have been? Instead of him sitting on the sidelines, if he could have won the Royal Rumble, main evented WrestleMania against Daniel Bryan and Randy Orton. You know, I kind of feel like the whole Punk versus Bryan like, fantasy matchup that, that a lot of, you know, Serious wrestling fans, I'll yeah. put it, want to see. Yeah. Uh, I don't see WWE ever putting that as a main event of a big card like WrestleMania or SummerSlam. John Cena would have to break his leg. He would have to hop off the top rope and, and break it Sid style. Yeah, those guys are the secondary player to whoever's the bigger name. And Triple H would have to be out on paternity leave because I think if John Cena broke his leg we would see a return of Triple H in a big way. Now, here's a question. 
yeah. speaking of the return of Triple H, and he could factor into this. If Daniel Bryan has to vacate the title, mm-hmm. who do they go with? The, you know, obviously it's going to be the Money in the Bank ladder match. Who would they go with? Um, you know, Dolph Ziggler would have been a good option, but they <laughs> they they crapped on him on Raw pretty bad. Keep smoking. Yep. Um, I mean, did, did they already say Del Rio's in it? I think they already confirmed that. They did, yeah, because that's that's um, that's how Del Rio got in is because he beat Dolph Ziggler. That match was for a spot in okay, yeah, the um, Elimination Chamber. You know, I mean, are are we Do you looking think at just a, to fall back to Cena? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I was wondering. I mean, when we have this discussion of potential guys to put it on next. You know, do we say okay? Other than John Cena, because clearly he's the top option. Is this the way to wipe the bad taste out of Bray Wyatt's mouth? Mm. Get him into that match. He wins. Everybody feels fine about it. I mean, he's he's proven himself. That could be really good. interesting. A good feud for Daniel Bryan. Hmm. Good feud for Daniel Bryan and. John Cena probably would not be a huge fan of, you know, the guy he just put down now getting a bigger chance to spread his message, right? Well, if they were both in the ladder match and, and Bray Wyatt comes out on top, yeah, Cena lost fair and square. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but he would still want to try and put an end to that reign. I feel like that would be a really cool option. Um, I guess with Rollins being a part of Evolution... Would we see both Orton and Rollins potentially in that match? I could or do they just keep them separate and they and they fight against the Shield and they have nothing to do with the Money in the Bank ladder match? Mm. You know, I, I think the temptation is a little too much for Triple H to not try and get Seth Rollins that briefcase. Right. It'd I be almost it'd be, like he planned it. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I think you have to do that. I, Maybe I think they do a stipulation where the winner of Rollins and Orton versus Ambrose and Reigns, those two guys get in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Well, so they would potentially have two matches in the same night. Sure. Yeah, no, that could be good. That could Roster's be good. thin, baby. Just a, just a little bit. I don't know if you can have a, a vacated title and not have Orton in the in the match. Oh, yeah, no, you had to have Orton, because for as much as we're not huge fans of his, he did kind of rule all last summer. Mm-hmm. And as as much as we, you know, didn't like it, he was kind of believable in the spot. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, he's, he's top-notch. I'm yeah. not a huge fan, but he's certainly deserving of, of being in the main event. Um, Sheamus is still holding a belt, so he doesn't seem to be one that's going to be in that match. Right. Well, now here's here's a thought. I was looking back at you know who competed in the elimination chamber. Mm-hmm. Randy Orton, obviously he's an option. John Cena, clearly an option. Sheamus has a belt. Daniel Bryan would be out. Cesaro, mm-hmm. I mean, do we see him as an option? I mean, Paul Heyman probably wants his guy to get a shot at uh, getting the briefcase. Well, I'm guessing are they going to continue this trend of having? Qualification matches, then? Because I could I certainly would, see him winning a qualification match. I would guess so. 
Yeah. And how crazy would it be to see Paul Heyman walking around with a briefcase? Oh, God. My client won the money in the bank ladder match. Yeah, so I think we just kind of answered our own question. That kind of has to be it, right? Paul Heyman running around. Well, what about uh, what about our our friend uh, Brock Lesnar? That's a good one. See, to me, the the whole entire complexion of the Money in the Bank match um, completely changes based on whether or not it's for the briefcase or the championship. Yeah. And, I mean, how how long can they possibly wait to make that decision? I would think that they already know. I would think that they already know that Daniel Bryan's going to be back or he's not. And this is a short turnaround. This is this is going to be June 29th, so it's only a four-week. Well, no, I guess it's five weeks. No, it's only four weeks. It's four weeks to the day, yeah. Yeah. So this is one of the shortest turnaround times they, they have. Yep. Hmm. They're going to have to get this thing figured out quick. Yeah, I tend to think that they know, you know, the doctors are saying, you know, he's going to be ready next week. Honestly, like, if he's not, if the doctors are saying that the prognosis is, you know, they need two more weeks before they can honestly say, I think they'll book it so that he's out. Yeah. I think I think they'll give him another month. And like I said earlier, I mean, I almost, I almost would prefer... <laughs> You know, just the the concept or the uh, the prospect of having the titles dangling instead of a briefcase is just tantalizing. Mm. Yep. And I, uh, I, you know, I think I got a little too enamored by the idea of having an interim champion. I really wish they would do that. I just, you know, it's an interesting idea. I just, it doesn't seem to flow with with the way they do business. I know. But then I guess you would have three championships instead of just two. Yeah. Yeah, because I was thinking, you know, back in the day when they did uh, Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon where they each had a belt and Shawn Michaels claimed to be the real champion, they just strung both belts up and, you know, whoever climbed up to get it was the winner. Yeah. Can't really do that when you have a guy carrying around two belts already. Right. I wonder if they do any sort of weird stipulation. They have to be able to grab both of them. Mm, that'd be weird. So, in this episode, as we as we hit our ending here, I believe we've heard my cat, who's now meowing in the background. And, I don't know if people have seen the legendary uh, bagpipe unicycler. Uh, he's all over YouTube. You look it up. He usually wears a Darth Vader mask and plays the Star Wars theme. Really? While he rides his unicycle. That's awesome. <laughs> through the streets of this nutty town. Uh, I think about 10 or 15 minutes into our show, you could hear him probably in the background. I heard something. I, I wasn't sure what it was. I thought maybe my son woke up upstairs and was messing with one of those books that plays movies. Nope, nope, nope. Just a dude in a, in a kilt. Riding a unicycle, playing the Star Wars theme on his bagpipes. <laughs> if he's wearing a kilt, you're not quite sure which bagpipes he's playing. I think it's the unipiper they call him on YouTube. Nice. He wears, where, does he wear something underneath the kilt? Has that ever come into play? Um, no, and that's not the guy that I 
It's not the person I passed riding a bike on a skirt that I texted you about earlier. I would hope not, because that is not something worth writing home about. No. <laughs> Alrighty, well, as we go out with the evolution evolution team that we expect to keep hearing, uh, it's been quite a week. I'm kind of pumped. I want. I really want to see what happens with Rollins, and uh, especially my boy Ambrose going forward. They, they better make SmackDown a big deal. You know, they, uh, they've already announced that Bray Wyatt's coming back on SmackDown. I'd like to see something else big happen there. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I really would like to know what's next for him. Um, and also, we forgot to mention the Twitter, GN Wrestling. Yes. The Facebook page, Guys Nation Wrestling. We will be trying to add some uh, more content as we go along. I think we're going to make an effort to do another kind of all-time top ten type show at some point in the coming weeks. Yep, absolutely. Throw, throw some ideas at us. One of them that we chewed on a little bit earlier was uh, an idea from our favorites uh, forum, Squared Circle. Um, best gimmicks that were wasted on crappy talents. We struggled to come up with a few, but you know maybe if we thought harder, we could uh, we could really flush that out and it'd be an interesting show. So. I think we could almost do an entire show on a, on a offshoot of that idea that we discussed that had something to do with uh, the guy who had really awesome theme music. Yes. Actually, everybody's favorite theme music. And we'll let somebody guess that on Twitter. Don't guess doink. (laughs) Yeah. All right, man. Well, I think that's it for this week. All right, have a good one.